Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to I'll Have What She's Having, a food and drink podcast from me, Sophie Wybird. And me, Hannah Crosby. Every week, Sophie and I sit down to dinner. She makes a dish, I pair a wine, and we put the world to rights. Hello, 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 hello. We are back. We're back. I'm so excited. It does feel like it's been a really long time. It's because it has been a really long time. It's been about six months. I've been chatting to you quite a lot in that time, so I do feel like the conversation has gone on, the microphones have just not been going on. No, that's very true. Uh, yeah, just for the record, me and Sophie don't choose to not speak to each other whenever. <laughs> Although when you do come round for about an hour before we start recording, I do usually make a point of trying not to speak to you. Save some material. Which yeah, just, yeah. She's actually very rude to me. I'm actually, yeah, I just kind of like sit in silence as she prepares the food. But um, how's it been for you? How's the last six months been? It's been good. It's been a bloody roller coaster yeah. ride. We'll fill you in on all all the juicy bits we've been up to. Oh my but God. first, I grab us something to eat. Yeah, I'll grab us something to drink. Yeah. Bear with us for just one second. I brought what we're eating over to you because uh, it's quite a fun thing to spoon out of a bowl, I think. Yeah, so there's quite a few components to this dish. Sophie, what are we going to be eating? So today we're having, I guess it's a prawn and chilli and comte gratin. Ooh. With lots of lemon and some white bread. I basically just cooked down fennel for a really long time in olive oil till it was quite caramelised. And then added loads of chopped green chilli, some garlic, some white wine and some cream. Oh. And then you just very lightly simmer the prawns in there till they're just turning pink. Then tip it into a dish, comte grated on top, under the grill. So it's kind of a cheesy fishy, which people say is sacrilege, but I actually think... That this is one of the exceptions. So good. I just love fish. I love prawns. I love seafood. I love cheese. All is this traditional to any kind of area or is this traditional to Sophie Wybird? Uh, well, there's a French thing which is called coquille Saint-Jacques, uh-huh. which is like grilled scallops with a cheesy sauce on it. So I guess it's French, we're saying, except I put 
Except I put green chilies in it, which is not very French. Oh, it's going to be so perfect. And then we got bread and loads of lemons to squeeze over it. Oh, amazing. So you would have this on like toast or just bread? Just or bread. Dunk just dunky bread. Dunky, <gasps> dunky bread. What are we drinking, Han? So today we are drinking something that I actually got sent. And I can't believe that I haven't had it yet because I've just been absolutely clearing out all of the sparkling wine in my cupboard over the course of Christmas. But I thought I would save this one because I thought it'd be a really fun and interesting one to try on air. So this is from Cloudy Bay, which you'll probably know as making um, Sauvignon Blanc. It's Sauvignon Bee Land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Sauvignon Bee Land. But Cloudy Bay especially is kind of, you know, synonymous with the wine style. But today I've got a sparkling wine by them. So they've got more than just, I think they do a Pinot Noir. They definitely do a Sauvignon Blanc. They do a Chardonnay. And this is their sparkling wine. It's called Pelarus. Pelarus? No, maybe it's Pelorus. Please let me know which one it is. Um, it's their sparkling wine, traditional method. So the same um, as champagne where the second fermentation is in the bottle. It's mostly Chardonnay with a tiny bit of Pinot Noir. So it's probably going to be a bit more of a... Yeah, full disclosure, I've never tried this wine before. I'm going to be trying it live on air. Uh, so it's Chardonnay dominant, which means that it's probably going to be a bit more on the citrusy saline side with a tiny dash of Pinot Noir to bulk it out a bit. It's aged on leaves for two years and fermented in oak. So I'm it's thinking gonna be a bit buttery. It's going to be a bit buttery. Love it's going it. to be a bit more serious, a bit more structured than just, you know, kind of like a bog standard uh, Chardonnay dominant sparkling. But let me just. Open. So exciting. I really hope we're really embarrassing now if the cork is stiff. Oh, oh God, that's stiff. <laughs> hey, we're back. Oh, look at that froth. This is the first alcohol I'm going to drink since New Year's Eve, which has actually been four days. It's not that much of a feat, but it feels like an adult feat to me. Oh my gosh, look at that stringy cheese. (gasps) So we have a spreadsheet where we plan all of our food and drink. And this week, because I wanted to use the Cloudy Bay, usually I give the wine in advance and Sophie pairs the meal with it. So I said I wanted seafood or something a little bit lemony. And I think this is going to go down an absolute treat. It's both of those things. I'm a big advocate for pairing sparkling wines with food. I don't think that they should just be reserved for the toast. And as an aperitif, I think they should be drunk all throughout the meal. And hopefully this works really nicely together. This looks amazing. Thank you so much, Sof. Thank you, Han. Cheers, my dears. Cheers. Clink. Clink, clink. Mm. Have a sip of this first. Oh, that's nice. That's really nice. It's not as fizzy as I thought it was going to be. No, it's actually... It's kind of... It's not like the most bubbly, creaminess that a sparkling wine can be. It's kind of like a slightly sparkling, quite good still wine. It's delicious. We've got some food, we've got some wine. Let's get into it. Yeah. Have you had any nice food this week since being back? What's your usual, because we've been friends for coming come up to two couple years, years now. A couple yeah. of years now. When you are coming off the Christmas bandwagon and it's New Year's, do you always find yourself trying to do a health kick? Or do you find that you're eating like pretty much like the same as you did before? I always attempt to eat more vegetables mm-hmm. and maybe slightly less cheese. Mm. She says, serve a bowl of creamy cheese. Like, I consider less cheese. I would think about it. For a split And second. then change my mind. Um, no, I do try and eat like, not like, put it in like a bit healthier and a bit just like fresher flavours. Mm. Lots of like fish saucy, limey things. Lots of pulses. Mm. Lots of like different flavours. Because I feel like the Christmas period can be dominated with, don't get me wrong, I love it, like very European heavy yes. 
which I love, but you do need mm. a little breakup yeah, from that afterwards. I think, yeah, as the UK goes, we're really bad at side dishes. Whenever I see Thanksgiving meals and they have, their side dishes are like off the chain. Like and they're so good. I think they have macaroni cheese. I think if we had macaroni cheese as a side dish for the UK roast, I think I'd be a bit more excited about it. Oh my God, yeah. One of the best things I ate over Christmas, actually, was a pudding. And I don't say that very often because I'm not really a pud gal. Oh. But my sister made a chocolate banoffee pie. Mm. It had like a chocolate caramel. I really, I'm not... I'm not that into desserts generally, but banoffee pie, I love mm. so much. I could eat an entire banoffee what pie. What recipe did you use? I actually have no idea. Mimi, tell us and I'll let everyone on Instagram know Please what recipe us. it was because it was unbelievable. Oh. Uh, Non-Christmassy, last six months, highlight of a place that you ate out. Ooh, good, good question. I think, you know, I actually had this conversation with my partner the other day and we came to the conclusion that the best meal that we had this year, we both agreed on, was in Marseille. Mm. It was in Tuba Club in Marseille and it was so fucking good. It was absolutely unreal. There was, ox- I mean, it was seafood based. Whenever I'm asked like my favorite cuisine. Seafood. I, I say seafood because yeah. I love the way that seafood is done. Everywhere has a sea, right? The sea's all over the world, right? It's so inclusive, but <laughs> it always feels that. special still. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The sea is also, fish literally exist everywhere. <laughs> Fish exist everywhere, water exists everywhere. There are lakes as well. There are rivers, rivers. everywhere. I love me yeah. a river fish. This is now a body of water podcast. <laughs> <laughs> they have, and everywhere has its own like way of expressing the amazing flavors of seafood. It holds flavor so well. And I think that seafood is one of those amazing vessels where you can get the idea of like a country's cuisine and flavor because it holds it so well. Do you know what I mean? Like I know, not exactly, every, no, I know exactly. Because not what every mean. culture like cooks with chicken and not every culture cooks with beef. Like Yeah. Seafood is kind of, I guess, apart from in kind of like majority Jewish places where you don't kosher, get much yeah, selfish. I was to say. <laughs> apart from kosher. <laughs> I still really want to try. So yeah, that was my best meal. Meals for 2023. I really, really, really want to go to this place. It's a kosher fine dining restaurant. Because it's also got a kosher wine list. And mm. I've never had any kosher wine before. What does kosher wine involve? So, glad you asked, because I looked this up the other day, because I was really intrigued. So, kosher wine. So, to be considered kosher, Sabbath-observant Jews must supervise the entire wine-making process and handle much of it in person. Ah. From the time the grapes are loaded into the crusher until the final wine project product is bottled and sealed. Additionally, any ingredients used, including finings, must be kosher. Because people use it for... It's so big yeah, in yeah. Passover. So, there we go, kosher wine. Did wine. not know. So there you go. So I really, really want to go. That's to, where you're going to go. What's it called? What's it called? Best. We're going to find the name. And We're going to find go. the name. It's going to come to me ball. in a second. I shall go to the ball. It'll be really, really good fun. Um, yeah, that's my plan for 2023. I that's think, the one. Mm, what was the best meal that you had in the last six months? You can't pick your own supper club. <laughs> She's out. No, I think I know which one my best is easily. The French house. I don't know how I'd never been to eat at the French house before, but it was the most mm. magical meal of my life. It's the perfect room. Yeah. Went on my birthday, had oysters, oh. had parfait. So cute. I know where this parfait. is going. <laughs> <laughs> we had chicken liver parfait. And then what happened, Sophie? We had, I'll, t- I'll, I'll go in, in order of the food. Yeah. There was... There was braised pig cheeks. Mm-hmm. Um, there was brill in seaweed butter. There was aligo, which is basically half cheese, half potato. <gasps> Cheesy mashed potato and it stretches oh with the cheese content in it. It's stunning. Holy shit. And then we had madeleines with lemon curd oh, and sauternes for So foolproof. 
bottle of Pinot Noir with the, no, that's light with glasses of champagne with the food with with the oysters and then again with starters. Oh, and then we had so, Pinot Noir and then we had Sauterne. Oh. So nice, and then. I got bloody engaged. Yes. Not in the French house. No, yeah. Because that would be really fucking lame. So I've but, never been. Is it like very claustrophobic? Because it's not It's not a, like a proposy restaurant. I just think that getting proposed to in public is cringe. And I would hate really? it. Maybe, maybe like some people would love it. I think there's a way to do it. it. I think the I French would... house was intimate and lovely. I think if there was a place to do it, it would be the French house. But uh, Cam thankfully waited until we were home. So. Yeah. Mm, that's so cute. I think he did the, um, what's the detective? Um, he just, he, he kind of like turns around and goes and just goes, one more thing. What's his name? What's his name? It's, is it Poirot? It's Poirot. It's yeah, Poirot. Yeah, 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 yeah. He did a Poirot. He, he like, did? Oh yeah, one, one more thing. He bloody sport me all day and then just got down on one knee. Oh, one more thing when we got home. Oh, It was very romantic. I'm so pleased to be. I fucking big... knew it. I've got a really good... <laughs> I have a, a really sense. good signal when someone's going to get proposed to because I did say, not that, I don't know, it sounds like I'm taking credit for your proposal. <laughs> I did say that I thought that he might do it on your birthday and you were like, no, no, no. Yeah, you did say that. You did say that. Yeah. I was like, he's going to do it next year. I'd be lying if I said I didn't know it was coming in some regard because I bang on about it all the time. <laughs> you also technically did give him a deadline. You I did. Said, I said, I think it should happen in the next year. And it happened like eight months after that. So that's great. That's good. So that's one of the big changes. I guess other big changes are that Hannah and I are now both freelance I women. I know. We don't have nine to fives anymore. It's so crazy. We just yeah, bop so about at home, being ladies of leisure. Exactly. And we're now actually also recording this a lot earlier in the day as well. Afternoon before, records. Yeah, because before we both have to do it after work. Running around frantically. Running around, around frantically. Sunday. Oh, God, yeah. I say ladies of leisure. Uh, how Leisure busy are you right now? <laughs> Leisure with a small L, with a lowercase L. Um, I just wasn't prepared how for like, yeah, when you kind of clock off at five, you're like, that's like, I can just go and do my extracurricular things now. But now my extracurricular things are now my work. So yeah. although I'm not doing a nine to five, I'm probably doing like an 11 to 10 kind of thing. <laughs> like when I replied to like my last email, that's probably around when it is. It's Jeez. yeah, it's, it's a big change. It's a lot. It's a really big change, but I'm it's glad exciting that you're... though. It's really exciting. And we're in the same boat, which is great. If any of you guys have any tips for how to not <laughs> yeah, lose please. your mind as freelance people, then please send us a DM to our Instagram. Yes. I'll have what she's having pod or email us. That was such a good We plug. would love how are that. are you so awake? <laughs> such a good one. <laughs> I was going to say that uh, the other thing is from working from. Being a work from home woman who's freelance, uh, it's quite hard not to do things like doing the jigsaw puzzle on the table and want to tune into another episode of whatever you're watching mm. because I've got back into a TV show which is actually fucking mental that I'm watching again oh, yeah. after about 10 years off, which is Downton Abbey. Oh, I've never seen an episode it's, of Downton Abbey. I cannot tell you why it's good. I just like mm. it so much. The score's really nice. It's got this real like upstairs, downstairs feel. It's obviously ah. about a, an antiquated system of yes. lords and ladies, but it's all, it kind of tracks time and changes going on through the First World War and okay. women's suffrage and all this stuff and changes happening within those periods. So there's kind of like an awareness to it. It's glamorized, but there's also... They talk about... It's also a searing class commentary. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I like that. I never... So period drama isn't really my thing. Um, I enjoyed Bridgerton for obvious reasons. But <laughs> apart from... Season two, I could not get into. Oh, really? Season one, obviously, dirty, dirty smut. 
Was it was it just reggae champagne? You can say if it was just reggae champagne. Yeah, just keeping you watching. More Phoebe, to be fair. Phoebe, which one's Phoebe? Phoebe, what's that? Phoebe Dinover? The 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 redheaded lady. The redheaded lady. Okay. Oh, see, I, yeah, I'm not into period dramas. I think the last period drama I watched religiously. Now, this is an interesting story. I was from the ages of ten to about thirteen. I watched Lark Rise to Candleford. I don't think I've ever even heard of it. So it was on primetime BBC. Oh, really? So it was on primetime BBC on a Sunday evening. How did I miss this? You either know about it or you don't. It was really weird because, um, yeah, I was like obsessed with it because like, that was when I was into my whole like history thing. I mean, I still am like massively into my history, but I was really into history for like what most of high school and junior. It was, um, so Lark Rise is kind of like this up and coming, like touched by the industrial period. It was all sent Victorian times. Mm. So... I think it was Lark Rise that was kind of like the new town and like there was like people kind of like in bustles and Candleford was kind of like the working kind of like village that was nearby. Dawn French was in it. Ooh, we love a bit of Dawn. Dawn French was in it and she was really good. Um, the guy is in Hot Fuzz. The older guy is absolutely hilarious. Jim Broadbent? Or no. The, or the, 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 the granddaddy. Oh, Edward Woodward. Yes. He was in it. Which he, is a great name. He was really, really good in it. I... Honestly, Lark Rise of Camelford, quite a fun view. And fucking hell, um, another person that's kind of like in the Simon Pegg universe. Um, oh, fuck, what's his name? He um, plays Jim in uh, Friday Night Dinner. Oh my God, what's... Um, he's in everything. Brian from Space. Yes, yes, yeah, Brian from oh, Space. Oh, what's his real name? Oh, I love him. But he's also, he plays the postman. Oh, maybe I should watch this. It's, it's, Do you know, actually, actually one of my favourite Instagram followers, yeah. Nick Frost. Oh! <gasps> I know. Oh my God. I know. Nick, if you're listening. Hi. I see you and thank you. <laughs> I love Nick Cross. Big fans. So I volunteered. I think I've talked about this on the podcast before. It's just it was such a massively formative experience. I volunteered at Cheltenham Literature Festival about seven, eight years ago when I was on my gap year, except on my gap year, I actually worked um, but <laughs> to be able to afford <laughs> university. And I went to Thailand, but we don't talk about that. Um, but I volunteered at Cheltenham Literature Festival and a lot of that was like taking people who had written books from the green room to like their talks or their lectures yeah. or whatever. And one of them was Nick Frost and he was so lovely. This is, he gives off impeccable vibes. He was so lovely. Tell you who else was really lovely. Terry Wogan. Oh, he I mean, to so be expected. nice. Really Meet nice. your heroes sometimes. Meet your heroes. Um, Sue Perkins was really nice. Yes. Oh, again, impeccable vibes. Uh, who else Love was Sue. Really nice. Nigella was really nice. Oh, God. She's a hero, actually. I don't. I can't meet Nigella yet because I'm not ready. She's really lovely. She is the ultimate hero. She's, she's, everyone, yeah, she's says she, hero. everyone says she's the best as well. Yeah. So. No, she's an absolute babe. The other TV show that we have both loved recently, which we oh. have to talk about it because oh. it is a cultural touchstone of our times, is The Traitors. Okay. So The Traitors, for anyone that hasn't seen all the trailers and all of the memes and all of the everything, uh, it's this amazing show on the BBC presented by Winkles, who's sporting some amazing outfits. We love her so much. We love her so much. Uh, Shout out Winkles, you look amazing. Uh, I think it starts off with 20 people. And there are three traitors selected. And every night the traitors murder someone. But every day the faithfuls, so the people that aren't the traitors, can vote to have someone out. And if by the last week, by the final, all the traitors are gone, then all the faithfuls share the money. But if there's only even only one traitor left, they get all the money. And they, and kind they of have like, to do challenges yeah. every day to build the pot of money. 
It's a very tense show and it's so, so good. I was going to say trigger warning. <laughs> trigger warning. We're going to give some spoilers. Spoiler warning. If you haven't yet watched it, turn this off right now. Binge watch every single episode and then come back to this. Are you because... gone? Are you gone? Are you gone? Okay, right. So the trailer <laughs> is probably one of the best bits of TV that I've seen. Reality Undoubtedly TV. the best reality TV I've ever seen. So good. Apart from Race Across the World, but I'll save that for another also time. Also too hot to handle, but you know, we, <laughs> we move. But the traitors, the most wholesome bunch of people. Andrea, who's partner of 27 years, mm. recently died and she was looking for new adventures at oh, age 73. Andrea. When Andrea was, spoiler, voted out, I sobbed. Really? I sobbed. I sobbed at several points in the traitors, really? but most when Andrew was voted out. We both had like a little weep when she was she was at the table and she was like, it was when, oh God, that when Amos, I think someone got into Amos's head. It may well have been Wilf. <gasps> and he, someone got and into he, Amos's head and he, and he said, came like, for Andrea. Sorry, and Amos, Andrea, I'm going to say this. And then she started saying, well, you know, like it's been great. And she started crying and then Amos's head Amos was in his hands. Amos and Andrea were best friends as well. They still hang out. And he was so cut by that. He was like, I, as soon as I said it, I regretted it. I never want to hurt her. She's one of the best people I've ever met. Oh my God. The intergenerational friendships of that show, I just loved so much. I know. It was so cute. They but, still hang out. They like post videos of themselves hanging out together. The traitors, they all were in Centre Parks over New Year's Eve. Did you see any of that? Well, not all of them, but I saw that like Theo, Claire, um, Alyssa, a bunch of them were in Centre Parks, just like on the piss together. Oh, brilliant. Oh yeah, I think I saw a um, video of Hannah was outside smoking. Yeah, And um, Amanda was outside like... Amanda was inside, like, absolutely waved, trying to do, like, the Macarena to a song that wasn't the Macarena. Oh, my God, it was so That's good. exactly Just, like, what you'd want Amanda to be doing. Amanda was brilliant. She was. She really smashed it. If, if Will hadn't stab, stabbed her in the back. I really didn't... I'm sorry, Will, like, you seem like a nice guy, but in that thing, I wanted you to lose so bad. So did I, but then also, I really wanted him to lose because he was backstabbing people so much. Alyssa, yes. Amanda and Kieran, none of them would have gone out if he, hadn't, if he hadn't gone against them. But then when they did actually get him in the end and the faithfuls were triumphant... He was actually really gracious about it and burst no, into wasn't. tears. No, wasn't. He wanted some well, of their he, money. Well, well, yeah, probably. But he was like, <laughs> I'm so sorry and was really crying and I, I really felt it. Yeah. Because it must, it must be really hard being in that situation, yeah. basically tricking people. When and everyone else them. is making genuine friendships, yeah. forming genuine connections, you're just having to fake everything. I get, yeah. yeah. And the stress of it. Yeah. We haven't talked about the most important character, MVP for me, Aaron. Aaron for Prime Minister. Oh. I mean, we also have had many Prime Ministers since we last spoke. Yes. And I think Aaron could be next in line based on the the public's reaction to him. He's he's. I'm not sure he's the smartest tool in the box, but his heart is so His good. heart is so pure. The purest man. He is like a golden retriever he puppy is. in a man. The... Oh, yeah. Everyone just started doubting his panic attack. I was like, fuck you. When they were doubting his panic attack, like, that that seems like a traitor thing to do. I was thinking, you lot need to chill. Yeah. Who was the The woman? clearly upset. The Essex Essex accent that was on to Will from the beginning. Maddie. Oh, Maddie. She cracked me up so much. So funny. The bit that actually killed me was when she was like, guys, I need to be truthful with you. I'm actually an actor. I played a homeless person in EastEnders once. And then I played a woman that didn't have a womb. Me, me and Kate were fucking dying on the sofa. <laughs> have you like, seen the clip? No. Oh, you can find it. Or run the, the clip. Um, I will watch the clip. That was absolutely incredible. I will not, I would not miss that for the world. Yeah, the traitors, absolutely insanely good. Kieran, though, as soon as Kieran kind of came back. Such a good guy. It was like, seems like such a great guy. Handsome guy. Yeah. 
needs to own a longer trench coat. That's the only thing I'm going to yeah, say. A little bit it too was short. kind of like his booty was peeking out under the bottle. I'm like, hey, there's no, nothing wrong with showing your booty. But I think that he would have suited like a because especially at the a end, he was, long like, coat. he was like proper like Guy Ritchie film. Like yeah. he was a very honest man. And I also go for it. Go for so it. he's mates with who? Wayne Lineker. <gasps> He's oh, on Wayne Lineker's no. mates all over his Instagram. He's out with Wayne Lineker. No. I know. Oh, he's gone down in my estimation. But it's fine. He's not dating him. So at least we know that he's like, him. doesn't do any teeth whitening adverts or whatever it was. Wayne <laughs> Lineker's stupid thing was. But this is my, this is my misandrist. It's fine. I, I can be a misandrist because we know that our podcast stats are 90% women. So it's okay. <laughs> I think that if all, I was saying this to my partner, I think that if all of the traitors were three men from the get go, then they would have backstabbed each other immediately. Yeah. And they would have done it, what Kieran had done immediately. So like brought all of them down with each other in like the yeah, first couple yeah. of episodes. Totally. I think that, and uh, Alyssa, Amanda was playing an amazing game. Alyssa and Amanda could have done the exact same thing to him when they voted them out, but they didn't because they were gracious and they didn't want to fuck it over for him yeah yeah but, yeah. but like Kieran was like such a G because we were like oh so satisfying you knew he was gonna do it as well because he was like such an honest guy and I don't think it was even like the fact that Wilf was I don't even think it was the fact that Wilf was playing the game because he respected his game it's just the fact that he double crossed him after he said yeah yes so bring him into the fold it was the honor thing for him and it was so badass how, rec- how quickly do you reckon they'll bring it back? Because they need to. Be- well, they're always talking about doing a celebrity version, which I think loses so much of its charm. Mm. I think celebrity reality shows work for some formats, mm-hmm. but part of what's so great about the Traitors is more than any other reality show I've watched in recent years. There's absolutely no kind of people trying to make it as influencers entering it, apart from Alex. Alex. Yeah, <laughs> with the exception of Alex, I hated. Her partner, he gave me Tom. the creeps. Yeah, he. he was I like, kind I can of manipulate women. I know what you're thinking. I'm a magician. Oh, he had fucking no idea. Ivan's thing where he said, "This is not that was not my card." Yeah, and he was like, I actually feel really sorry for you because um, if you do think it's Alyssa and it isn't, then that means that your career as a magician is on the line. <laughs> I was like, "Fucking hell!" Um, do you know what? There, there was another plot line in the show, which was Alex and her boyfriend Tom came in mm. and pretended that they weren't a couple for the first few days. And there was another guy in there called Matt, quite fit, BMX racer, yeah. who yeah. fancied her. <laughs> yeah. And I would have much rather she ran off with him. I, I reckon they the producers told them, because the way he just announced, like, oh, guys, we're in a relationship, seemed the really unnatural. They were like, guys, this isn't going to be a thing. Like, I think you guys think it's going to be a thing, but we didn't think this plot point through, just say it. Because yeah, yeah. if we live up to the end, then it's going to absorb drama and he kind of be a bit of an anticlimax. Why not make it a drama within the show if yeah. you can? Yeah, but they're like, what? You wouldn't, because it wasn't going to come out because they're doing quite a good job at like not interacting with each other, even though like, oh, it's so hard. I was like, it doesn't look that hard. I mean, like, yeah. I, I'm personally physically repulsed by him, so I'm sure it wasn't <laughs> that hard for her. Um, but yeah, I, I think that they were like, you need to do it midway through the series or like at least at the start, because if you bring it up right at the end, then it's going to take gonna be... away from the climax of the yeah, actual film. Yeah, it's totally, going to seem like a weird totally. speed bump. Um, but yeah, that was that. I just absolutely adored it. So I think that that's like, I very rarely watch like hype TV programs. I watched that one, which is really good, but there's another TV program that is pretty hype right now. I think you've watched that I haven't. Is that White Lotus? It is the White Lotus. It is. How good was that segue? What? That was beautiful. Thank you. you are a pro. <laughs> uh, White Lotus is undoubtedly my favorite tv show of all time of the non-reality category oh so we've got your top two here or your joint first place 
Yeah, of really, the real really, and non-real. I, I could not choose. Also, race across the world, as previously mentioned, which is actually coming back for another season. Ooh. So when that's back on telly, I'll be banging on about that mercilessly. But White Lotus, I Hannah, you need to watch it. Do you have a Now TV login? Yes. I was about to say I'll give you mine, but that's actually illegal now, isn't it? We do not come pr- for me, feds. We do not <laughs> come for me, feds. We do not condone the uh, multi-user use Absolutely of no password sharing. No password sharing. No way, Bad. Jose. Um, but it's worth investing in Now TV, even for the free trial, so you can smash out. It's only, I think it's only seven episodes per season. Is that? Oh, it so is it's like a British iconic. TV series. It's like a British they know TV when to series. Stop. And it was made by the man who plays Ned Schneebly in School of Rock. I heard this. Which um, is a crucial fact in White, White. Yeah. yeah, Mike White. Mike White. Is it Mike White and Jack Black? Yeah. So great. Um, School of Rock also, I, I don't even so need good. to go into it. We're in agreement. It School has um, Aubrey Plaza in it, right? Aubrey Plaza is in season two of White Lotus. Oh. And she is, yeah, she's unbelievable. So from what I can understand, the plot is that they get, um, well, <laughs> I'm sounding like it's a reality show again. It's around <laughs> like this hotel, the White Lotus. Yeah. But, and it's different groups of people in each season. Yeah. So in season one, the White Lotus is in Hawaii. And it's basically a ton of rich people come to stay in this hotel and see in episode one, you learn that someone has died in the hotel and then it goes back in time and shows you all the tensions that have occurred in the hotel leading up to that point. It's so good. The tension builds in the most unbelievable way. And I'm guessing that you've heard the White Lotus theme tune. Yeah, it's quite anxiety inducing, isn't it? Oh my God, it's such a banger. I love it. The season two one, it is anxiety inducing. But when you're pumped to watch your favourite TV show. Is it like American Horror Story where it's essentially the same tune, but it's done in like different styles? Yeah, yeah, exactly. They just put a little beat under it for season two. Okay, cute. And it sounds like someone going... (laughs) Basically. Can I I hear that again? I I I didn't catch that. That's a really good tongue work. I'm really impressed. I'm going to get out of breath. That's very cool. Um, <laughs> you know watch what? it. Basically watch it. It's, there's a lot of commentary on all kinds of social problems, mainly rich people being the worst, masculinity, yeah. race. I heard the works. second one is like majorly on kind of like sexual, sexual politics, gender politics, yeah, that kind yeah. of thing. It's, I think I preferred season two, which lots really? of people disagree with me mm. on, but I liked it a lot. And uh, Jennifer Coolidge is obviously... Oh, yeah, she's great. She is the moment, but she has been the moment she's for been like the moment 30 years. She, was, uh, she, she is so good in it. And just as a... I'm just obsessed with her as a person. She's just obsessed with animals. She's never been married. She just, like, lives with loads of animals, being a party girl. She's amazing. Love her. I love, love her. her. See, like, White Lotus is great, and I understand the concept. I just think that as, like a plot line it's like pretty alien to me because i would never speak to anybody in the same hotel that i'm staying in they rarely interact mm. they very rarely interact these different people oh, okay. um, they occasionally do kind of in passing at a bar or in a restaurant or something okay, or they fine. interact with hotel staff ah, kind of the, okay. the discrepancies between staff and guests in the hotel are kind of the core of the storyline for both seasons similar to downtown abbey in many ways <laughs> In many ways, it's like a Mediterranean Downton Abbey. Um, but yeah, going back to Christmas, I think I kind of came to a bit of a turning point this year because when you're a kid, it's always I want, I want. You write your list about everything that your heart desires. But this year, I feel, is the first year of my life where I genuinely just didn't want anything. 
it happens at some point in your 20s. Yeah. I feel like it get when you're a kid, you're writing your list mentally in your brain for a really long time. I remember watching adverts on TV and like frantically scrolling down toys that I saw I got on catalog. adverts on telly. Mm. But this year, I just didn't want anything. I'm no. just like, I live, I live in a house. I'm okay for money. Like, yeah. I'm doing what I wanted to. I have like a lot of things in my house that I don't necessarily need. That's the thing. But, I feel like we're also at an age now where you kind of buy stuff. I buy stuff want myself. Already. And really the thing that I like the most about the Christmas period is hanging out with my family and yeah. with my friends and eating nice food and drinking nice things and playing games. That's the important I love thing. an experience present. If mm. someone was like, I'm going to take you out for dinner here. Or are you? Or I'm going to take you to a... I'd say, for my mum's birthday this year, I took her to a hammam. Mm. A spa just on Edgware Road. And we got the full... We were in there for like four hours. We got the full steam in the steam room. We got the full scrub down, so mud mask. So if that was a present for yourself. Well, the present for the two of us. We both deserved it. <laughs> but that's a good present. That's a very good take present. Take someone for a pamper. Uh, take someone right. for dinner. You're right. If someone got me a facial or a massage or something, I'd be like, oh my God, I accept this present. If someone got me like a present for the sake of giving me a present, I'd be like, you don't have to do that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's sweet and I appreciate the gesture, but you don't have to do that. Um, also, the bonding and quality time is so fucking cheesy. Shut up, Sophie. The quality <laughs> time you get with someone where you, you do a present that's an experienced thing mm. with them is great. Me and mum were just hanging out, basically tits out, lounging in a hammam for four oh. hours. And just having oh. a natter and drinking mint tea. And all the other women in there were so lovely. So we were just like chatting to all these other ladies. Such a nice time. That sounds like a really nice day. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's all about the experiences. Although having said that, I really want... Oh, I always buy a new bag every year, right? I forget that you're actually a really fancy lady like this. I don't... I, listen, you know what? I will pay £3 for a top... I do not care. My partner can attest to this when he listens. I do not give a shit about how I dress. That's why I wear all black. So I can just chuck things on. Maybe I can play with texture a bit. But I don't like thinking about how an outfit's going to look. I just no. think that's like an additional like 30. I don't enjoy like I enjoy like if I have a look and I put it on, I look cute. That's great. I don't enjoy the process of putting an outfit together. Totally. I never have. Never, never have. I used to think that that meant that I was a tomboy when I was younger. But it actually just means that I just... Don't place value on fashion it's in just, that way. It's just nothing. I that like I can... looking nice to some degree, but I think I don't care very much about labels and that kind of stuff yeah. in general. I'm a bit of a practical dresser, but when it comes to bags, I don't know what it is, but I just really like bags. I um, hear you. I've become a little bit of an obsessive, um, kind of like tracking bag prices because every time <laughs> an influencer releases a video, like here's how to get like value for your money at Chanel, they'll put the prices up. So Chanel have reached a like a record-breaking amount for like to buy one of their bags new it's now like six thousand seven thousand pounds i'm just like what there's no that's worth it. so much money whereas you can buy a vintage chanel for two thousand i'll just get a vintage one yeah just get a vintage one exactly just you know that it's gonna last because it's like 30 years old already what is the nicest bag that you own i don't you know what right now i don't have many bags i used to have a coach bag which i sold and I used to have a Vivian Westwood bag that I sold um, because I was in London and I was struggling to pay my rent. So I sold my it bags. Happens, it, it happens. happens. Um, so I sold my bags. But I think I really, so I saw a Prada bag that I really, really wanted. Um, and then I saw that my friend Rahel got one. Shout out Spoons. I love you. Uh, I saw Rahel got the same bag. I was like, oh, fuck. She's like, I'm treating myself. I was like, fuck. 
Maybe I yeah. need to treat myself. Treat yourself. It's between that or... Oh, I don't want to spend 2000 I think if I get like... If I ever in my life get a check for like £100,000, then obviously I'll spend like yeah. two grand on a Chanel. But if I get a check that's two grand and I spend the entirety of a Chanel, that's a bit stupid. I just, I feel like in these, in these financial times, not to make it all dark on our fun podcast, I just feel mm. really, I feel panicked about spending any kind of enormous sum yeah. on a thing that is really just a thing that's for me to enjoy, even though I think it's a beautiful thing. But then... I also, <laughs> I've got a real thing about diptyque candles at the moment, which is like a really stupid luxury. They're so to get expensive. Into. They're so They're amazing. Expensive. They, but they so smell expensive. so good. But they they're less expensive than a Chanel bag. Yes. And they make my house smell like really nice. You've got me there. I just got a diffuser, which is a lot cheaper. But um, Yeah, a lot cheaper. A lot cheaper. So in fact, I've not bought myself any diptyque candles. I buy them as gifts, and other people buy them for me as gifts. Oh, that's very clever. It's well, actually dangerous. My household has gotten a dangerous. Me, Kate and Cam are literally just a circle of gifting diptyque products to each other. Really? Danger. So when you kind of like hand over the bag, you're like, enjoy. I really wish a little I had wink. one. Well, when just I was bring this on your radar as a yeah. thing. When I was smelling it, I was like, <laughs> I would love one of those. Um, shall we do some, I always nearly mimic the podcast I episode or Bud Pod. Should we do some correspondence? Let's do some chorus. I love calling it doing your correspondence in general. When oh, I'm texting I can't, people I can't, back. I can't like steal it from them. That's no, like but I friend. call it doing my correspondence when, oh, I'm really? se- when I'm replying to lots of texts at once. Mm. As a household, we say, I'm just going to do my correspondence, which mm. just means replying to people's texts that you've been well, ignoring. We've got quite a few letters. That's why I call it letters. I want to differentiate it. Yeah, from letters. My letters is nice. Um, so we've got five. Let's see how many we get through. I don't know. Like I feel like with a few of them, we could get like pretty ranty. Um, yeah. Also, some of them might be really boring, so Jake might not, might not want to put it in. Yeah. So I got an email about 15 minutes before we started recording. Hit me. This sounds great. It's a longie, but I think that we need to do justice and read it all out. Um, how would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey guys, don't normally talk about these sort of things, but I've been feeling in a bit of a funk recently. 
which I know can be totally normal post-Christmas and a lack of routine over that whole season. Concur, yes. If I ever feel this way, which happens from time to time, I often feel about myself that I have a boring identity. No. I know that things like Instagram and stuff, the culture of the highlight reel that we now live in doesn't help this. Uh, In the past, I've deleted my socials and stayed clear of it, which helps. But I want to be able to enjoy these things too for the good things they offer. I often see individuals who are like really cool, who have a circle of amazing friends, multiple cool hobbies that they excel at, amazing partners, and a part of huge diverse communities. uh, And they all seem so happy and thriving. They seem happy and thriving. That's the key. Yeah. But we'll come to that in a sec. But I have no thriving hobbies, says the listener. Honestly, I live what I consider a very simple life, but I'm left with feelings that are very boring. I go to work. I enjoy simple pleasures like my morning coffee, a quiet evening, cooking and a glass of wine. I meet my few but fantastic friends and do nice things with them. But I feel I'm just in a bit of a rut, which can leave me feeling a bit flat. I know exactly what it is and I just need to work on my self-confidence. And probably I'm just feeling a bit lonely and isolated despite having many reasons to be happy. It's not so much a question, but it would just be cool to hear your guys' thoughts on how social media and life can seem that way and leave you feeling tired. I know that getting involved in some groups or classes can get me out of the funk, and I intend to do that and throw myself into a routine I can find, even if it's just a normal, simple one. Oh, thanks so much for sharing all that, because I think it's something that is obviously really deeply personal, but it's something that all of us feel frequently, I think, more frequently than people ever let on in their social media lives. It's personal, I, but I think it's also like not... Like, yeah. That, that, that's not like a weird thing for anyone to feel at all. I know like that so much. So do I. I also think that you're right in this kind of Christmas period, there is a, an insane pressure to be happy and relaxed in this period. Mm. And I just don't think that isn't always how people feel. I consider myself to be really lucky in loads of ways with friends and family and work and relationships but I still even sometimes get in a real funk at this time of year yeah. about just feeling a bit discombobulated. Yeah. I think that the lack of routine really affects all of us and seeing what everyone else is up to online all the time just adds to your feeling of being really discontented. Yeah. And it sounds like a real cliche, but it really it's probably like the best bit of advice I was ever given was by my old boss, Ben, who runs Mob. It's not even advice. He just told me we're all on our own path. Yeah. And you just have to stick to mm. your thing and try and not let what other people are doing affect you ever. You've got to put the blinders on. That's put the blinders the races on. races do, yeah. It's so much easier said than done, but you have to try and not compare yourself to other people. A simple life is a very good life. Yeah. I would I'll, love a simple yeah. life. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, the exact same thing. I would love a simple life, I think. But I have a brain that functions best and my mood is at my best when I'm spinning a lot of plates at once because I like to feel useful and I like to feel like I'm good at doing a lot of different things and I think that if I'm getting really introspective I think that um, I think that my need to seem like I'm doing lots of things probably ties into probably similar feelings that you are feeling listener Um, and that's kind of like not feeling like I'm doing enough not being seen to be you know, like doing loads of stuff. Like I'm like a massive introvert now. And I don't say that like, you know, when you see like someone that's got like a massive circle of friends, yeah. like I'm an introvert. I'm like, yeah, but I mean, they might be, but I kind of find myself 
especially now, especially now I'm in a space and I don't think that I have many competitors doing exactly what I'm doing. But I think just in time of a social media space where I spend so much of my time kind of like thinking of like content, like how do I keep people engaged with my business, with me, with my writing. And I think that following people who seem to have these perfect lives, that kind of comparison sneaks into your life so easily, so easily that you're not even aware that's happening. And that's everything from like career to body image. That's a really big one. I know that we My had God, someone yeah. like writing and asking about body image and stuff like that. And it's just like, it's absolutely impossible to escape it because it's so pervasive. These apps, they profit from, I can't remember what it was. It was like, the so- was it the social dilemma? Was it that massive documentary that came out a few years ago where it kind of came out that like, you they build like a profile of you so they know when you've been dumped they know what things yeah you they're preying on you all the time basically yeah like they're designed to keep you on them like they want to show you the people that have like the amazing put together lives so that you can feel shit about yourself so that you can spend more time like kind of feeling a part of these people's lives and being sucked into it but I don't know if there's any quick fix for it. I guess all that I can say is that you are most definitely not the only person feeling this. And 100%. I've always, on a personal level, I've always massively struggled with friends and social situations. It's not something that I talk about a lot. I talk about it a lot with like very close friends and my partner. But for like many, many years, I would find it absolutely impossible to navigate social situations. But yeah, very lonely kid, man. I, and, it, and it gets better. But like when I was like, super lonely and having like a really really bad time i just couldn't see my life being any other way and then my life is very different now which is amazing but yeah you're you're honestly you're not the only one i think you should take some solace in knowing that and that me and sophie feel exactly the same way as you we can all, all be time. depressed together yeah i also just think that you need again this sounds so cheesy i sound like a self-help book but <laughs> You just have to embrace who you are and what you truly, really want with your life. And if you if you just want to chill and live a slower-paced life, then that is the life that you can have. And you shouldn't ever be made to feel like that is a lesser life mm. than people around you who want to have a more kind of hectic thing going on. If you, if you feel content in the slower paced life, then keep going. Yeah. But if you want, if you also, if you want to seek out more routine and clubs and more kind of social situations like that, then definitely do that too. The new year is a really good time. I'm really yeah. not one for new year's resolutions, but I am one for trying to, I like January as a fresh slate. Like I'm trying to get into a gym routine. I've got a new mm. diary. I'm writing all my plans, trying to be organized. If you get all your ducks in a row like that and figure out exactly what you want from this year, then the world is your oyster. Yeah. And it sounds like you've got like a lot of stuff coming up for you that like you're thinking of signing up to clubs. Um, that sounds really amazing. Um, but yeah, wishing you all of the best successes in life. And I'm sure you can check in. I really like it when people um, reply to our Agony Aunt Thinks as a comment in um, Apple Podcasts. Like they just do the parts like, yeah, I was the person. So please like, yeah, please comment (laughs) and let us know how it works out for you. Um, Yeah. Another thing that always really helps me put my anxieties in perspective, coming from like a very unexpected place, but... Since August, I've massively got into Peloton. I love Peloton <laughs> so much. But there is a um, instructor on it, Robin Arzon, and she says, think about your stresses and your worries right now. 
there is someone because on when you're on Peloton, you have like a leaderboard of everyone currently doing the same exercise as you. She always says there's someone on that leaderboard that would take your worries and they would call them blessings. I love that. Yeah. They would like happily trade their life in for yours. Yeah. So yeah, I think that not having to a diminish slow life, your problems, but not uh, to diminish your problems, but having like a slow life where it sounds like you're okay for money. It sounds like you've got a good living situation. You can enjoy lovely things. Like that is like a blessing in itself. And I'm sure there'd be like loads of people that would be like, they would love to have a slow life. Um, this is also a perfect time of year for a slow life. Yeah. I am in winter hibernation mode, which happens every year, which mm-hmm. is very SAD of me, but happens every <laughs> every January to probably Easter weekend. I go into hibernation mode. I do jigsaw puzzles. Mm. I have friends come around and quietly do jigsaw puzzles with me. Why can't I come around and do jigsaw puzzles? Please do. Please don't think you only need me to do high octane. No, please do. It's it's a really intimate thing to do with someone, which is quietly sit and do a jigsaw. And then occasionally people pipe up with things they want to say. But it's kind of happy quietness, candles lit. So nice. Do more jigsaw puzzles, Anonymous. Do more jigsaw puzzles. I hope that helped. Um, I've actually got a very good jigsaw puzzle recommendation, if I may. Oh, yeah, good. I'm doing one at the moment. It's a, oh my God, I think it's called Water to Wine. It's a jigsaw (laughs) puzzle company where they do wine maps from around the world. We did one from, we did a France wine map last year, and Kate gave me an Italy wine map for Christmas. And we just started work on that yesterday. That must be and so helpful, so to nice. actually, because I'm really and bad it's useful. with maps and geography. That's and like it, my biggest, yeah. It tells you like the grapes and the regions and all that jazz. Mm, it's very fun. Um, speaking of wine, frivolity and all things delicious, Moll gets in touch. Says, I want to host a dinner party, but so many of my friends have intolerances. Oh, don't they all? I've checked and none of them are allergies. Okay, get new friends. And a few of them have expressed <laughs> that they would prefer no garlic or onions, but those are the basis of my cooking. <laughs> what should I do? Moll, babe. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I think- they are the base of most things, onions and garlic. Sounds like you've got some IBS girlies coming around. Yeah, the IBS honeys. Very IB- Me and Hannah have talked about this before. People who have IBS are normally so beautiful, but you just know they have IBS. You just know they'd be shitting themselves <laughs> all the time. My boyfriend has this as like a life theory that you can look at someone and tell if they've got IBS. Really? Oh, yeah. If He's they right. have a TikTok, they probably have IBS. <laughs> but you know what? There's actually loads of... Most foods that you cook involve garlic and onions as a base. Mm. But foods that you don't cook don't. That sounds very reductive. But if you were doing a big spread of salads, there would be loads of things that you could have to suit different people's dietaries. And they rarely include onions or garlic unless it's like some sliced raw Mm. onion, I guess. But that's easily avoidable and lots of people don't like it anyway. So you could just do a load of salads. Some of them could contain some dairy. Some could contain some gluten. Some could even contain some meat. If you did four different salads. (laughs) You get some potatoes involved somewhere. Get a potato salad in. I personally love in a potato salad, especially if you don't have onions, get some pickly things involved. You can even do it with a vegan mayo to make it more inclusive if some of your guests are anti-eggs. And you could get loads of pickly things involved to get some cornichons, some capers, anything like that that's going to add a bit of zing. Even some pickled chilies, chop those up, add them to your mayo with some mustard, some lemon juice, loads of herbs. Literally everyone can eat that. Yeah. You're in. Or if you have loads of spirits, then everyone will be too drunk. (laughs) (laughs) I once did a dinner party where there were a few vegans, a few gluten-free people, a few dairy-free people, 
um, and someone who is allergic to fat. What? In all its forms, like fatty meat, oils, butters, creams. Oh my God, that's so sad. It's a really, it's a hard life. Sad. I really, I don't know how I'd live my life without yeah. fat, to be honest. But it's easy to do quite a kind of, I'd say Mediterranean menu. Mm-hmm. Obviously missing the olive oil. That includes all those diets. Mm. Um, you can obviously get the olive oil in unless one of your guests has an intolerance to olive oil. Um, but definitely I think big salads is the way to go for you. And yeah, tons of booze. Picky bits. Picky bits. Picky bits. We Just all have like a lot of, bits. I know it's like more effort, but if like one of the dishes is literally like some cabbage that you've soaked in some vinegar. Yeah. Like people can pick what they want from that. Or just, I mean, it says intolerances and not like you're vegetarian <laughs> or vegan. So maybe just like roast a big thing. I mean, a big roast. And again, no one is saying that they're vegan, to be fair, in this message. Mm. So yeah, do a, maybe do like a, a lovely like spatchcocked roast chicken and then loads of side salady bits. Mm. Everybody wins and onions and garlic will not be missed either. That's perfect. I hope that helps, Mal. Um, So next up. It's from Steph. Hi, Steph. I am opening up a speciality food store in my hometown in Canada. Mm. I want to go and I am looking for inspiration. What are your favorite fine food shops in London or anywhere else in the world? Ooh. First one that comes into my head is um, Another Pantry. Oh, I've not been to Another Pantry. Another Pantry, very cute and fun. Um, So they kind of did a pop-up on Hackney Road, which is near where I live. Oh, lovely. And um, they've just done a new pop-up, but they are so good. Like kind of everything down from the signage, the graphic designs, the baskets to the um, food that they've got on offer. It's really good. There is also a brilliant kind of like pop-up supermarket that pops up across the US. I'm going to find out the name for now while Sophie gives some recommendations. But the aesthetic is gorgeous. Like, oh, not only do they sell like really, really good sundries, but they also um, have like clothing to do with food. Oh, love that. It's so good. But yeah, so do you have any recommendations? I've got a couple. So uh-huh. I guess my favourite in-store ones, this is more kind of like Italian focus, but Lena Stores as a deli is mm. faultless. It's a London deli. The original one's in Soho, but they've got a couple of other ones now as well. Um, and they've got lovely Italian meats and stuff. And cheeses, but they've also got, you know, your panettones and all your lovely jarred things, some nice grassini, all that kind of thing. Um, their aesthetic is also just stunning. It's all duck egg blue stripes. It's delicious. Um, my other favorite local one is Mother Superior, oh. who are in Nunhead. Mother Superior gets all the shout outs. Mother I still haven't been. They get so many shout outs. I'm going to bring you next time you come down my way. Um, Greg and Elise, who run it, are super, super lovely. They stock a lot of amazing wines, um, but also uh, they stock a whole load of other kind of deli items and dried goods as well. You can get amazing olive oil, amazing condiments, loads of really cool small brands and stuff. Um, and you can find both those on Instagram for sure. So the um, brand that I was thinking of is called Pop-Up Grocer and I'm looking at their website page and it's just like what I remember. It's so cute. Oh, the branding's stunning. It's so cute. And they kind of um, pop up across, I think they're in Texas right now. Oh, they've got a flagship now. That's great. Um, but yeah, look how cute that is. It's kind of like a little bit of like a twist on like the 80s kind of um, supermarket. They work with like bright colors, um, gorgeous independent brands. Uh, it's laid out really good and also looks like it's all done on a shoestring um, in the most complimentary way possible. 
I so, love shops like all the ones that we've just listed. I could spend so much time. I could spend so much in money. All of them and so much money. So much money. Uh, well done on going out on this venture because it sounds very exciting indeed. Please comment on the podcast and let us know how you did. <laughs> Leave a review and, t- and don't you don't need to say anything nice or bad. I mean, if you want to rate us five stars, then please feel free. Go ahead. But if you want to leave a comment on the podcast, let us know how you're getting on. Please do. Okay, so final one for the week. Sophia gets in touch. Asks how to overcome food envy when ordering out and choosing between (laughs) two meals. Okay, so is it like how to overcome what you choose, like how you choose between two meals? Or is it how to overcome seeing what someone else has and you're just like absolutely kicking yourself? There's a really easy way to solve this for me, which is how I eat every time I go out, which is you share everything. Yep, that's me. You never get food envy if you share everything. Even restaurants where it is still starter main pud, which is a rarity in London these days, but still does happen. The French house, quality chop house, Mm -hmm. those are my Mm favourites. I still share everything in those restaurants. Mm. I share the lot. I feel like it's a really sad eating out experience if it's not a shared experience. Mm. There's something that feels quite... um, I don't know, uptight and insular. lonely and insular about just having your own plate of food and you never even try what the other person's eating. Mm-hmm. It's so much of a nice and more shared experience if all the plates are pulled and you're all pulling things around the table You the like whole a sharing time. plate situation then? I love a sharing plate. I just think food is all about sharing. That's eating true. out is all about sharing. I want to be drinking the same thing as other people, eating the same things as other people. And doing it all together and you can leave and have basically an identical experience of a place. That's very true. I, you kind of mentioned the small plates versus main plates thing. I went to a restaurant the other day, which will remain nameless. and It was so fucking messy. It was almost a meme. They said, oh, would you like, they came up and they said, oh, would you like us to explain the menu to you? And I'm like, yeah, perfect. Love it. It's like, so basically you've got three categories, starter, main and dessert. And you order one from each. I was like, oh my God, we've oh, come so- full circle. So like a normal menu. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. That is the one that doesn't need explaining. That's the one that doesn't need, because usually people come up and you're like, and they're like, I would recommend many do I need? Five of those, two of those, yes. three of no, those. They count, so, like, so I know this is hard to wrap your head around. It's a starter, <laughs> a main, and a dessert. But yeah, that was quite a funny moment for me and kind of like the London <laughs> gastronomic bubble. I was like, oh my I gosh, we've come this far where we have How to explain the concept of starter main dessert. I love it. It's so, <laughs> it's so unself-aware. It's brilliant. Um, but yeah, so back to the question. Overcoming food envy when ordering out and choosing between two meals. I think that sharing. sharing. I don't know if you, the person you're going out for a meal with is your friend. Yeah, they're either your friend or your partner, right? If you're going out with just someone else. Like, I can't think of anyone that I wouldn't feel like, oh, do you want to share? The other way you get food envy, actually, is when you see other people in a restaurant eating a thing. Yeah. But in that situation, what I always, always, always do is ask the waiter, what's that? Yeah. Rather than trying to guess on the menu, because sometimes you get it wrong and you think someone's going to arrive and it doesn't, literally point at the person... (laughs) I not at their it, faces yeah. but at their plates and just say what are they eating on that table over there because that mm. looks really nice I hate it when I'm eating my main and it's like a normal main and something comes past and it's sizzling and, and I'm like, like I, I want, want the, the sizzling, sizzling thing 
I have a thing right now. I think it's like a spate of bad luck. Is it or a bad order spree? I've had a bad order spree. I've no. ordered the bad thing. I think it's, it's happened quite recently, but I went to Faux recently and um, I ordered the wrong thing. And my partner actually swapped meals with me. Oh, sweet. So I could have the thing that I wanted. I'm sure he'll appreciate me saying it. <laughs> but um, yeah, it meant that I had a really nice meal and he lied and pretended that actually oh. the other one was the one that he wanted all along, oh, which was really nice. Such a good egg. I think that's probably how, yeah, share. Share, share. share. Ordering the bad thing sometimes happens, but if you've done it as a collective, you can all laugh it off. Sharing Rather than caring. if you order something solo and it's the wrong thing, that's upsetting. If you order five dishes between a table of four and one of them's bad, then you all just say... That wasn't actually that good. And then you all talk about the good ones. Yeah. Sharing is caring. In all ways. 100%. Well, I think we've been talking for about an hour and a half. <laughs> so. Thank you for all of being back it. to listen to us, though. Yes, thank you for being back. It's very nice um, to be back. And we're very really, glad you're here, too. It's saving me from insanity from a big project that I'm sure I'll talk about. You're also similarly undertaking a very big project. Parallel big projects. Parallel big projects. In the Wybird Crosby households. Yes. So an afternoon of chit-chat once a week we is going to really save us. This, so this is therapy. I now can't afford therapy because I'm freelance. So this is now my therapy. <laughs> oh, um, I'm starting therapy for oh, real next you. week. <laughs> that sounds amazing. We can talk you, about that next week. We'll we can, that we next can week. Fill, fill it in, fill it in. <laughs> um, thank you so much for being with us. Please like and subscribe and um, review. review. If you've got any letters that you want us to answer next week, then please send those into our email or DM us on Instagram. Also, we're going to have more guests this season. So if there's any guests that you would yes. really love for us to have on, obviously attainable guests, not like Elton John <laughs> or something, but an attainable guest that you would like us to chat to, we have, then let us know. We have four hot, sizzling guests that we're going to have on. And some of them are in food. Some of them are in food, some of them are in not food. Not food, yeah. They're in industries that exist that aren't involving food. Can you wow, imagine I cannot believe such a thing. I am really excited to have them and I'm really excited to start season two. Um, thank you so much, guys, for listening. We've had an amazing time. Sorry we've been a bit rusty, but um, we're back in the swing of things now and we're very happy to have you along with us for the journey. Lots of love, team. Lots of love. Bye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.